Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. This episode focuses upon the importance of guarding one's heart. Now, it's very interesting that the biblical documents use this type of language, even beginning uh, with the book of Genesis. Uh, in the book of Genesis, in chapter 2, uh, we read about the Adam. His, he, his title was the Adam, not Adam. It was not his, this was not a proper noun. He was called the Adam. And so God warned him in Genesis chapter 2 that he was to guard his home. He was to guard his home. And so God gave him this command in order uh, for him to protect what God had provided for him. And so it's very interesting that uh, in Genesis 2, uh, God gives the Adam uh, this command it was, and mind you, this was uh, this was not a suggestion. He was told to guard his home. Uh, we read in Genesis two that uh, two seven, the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. In the Hebrew, it reads the breath of lives, and man became a living. Uh, a living being. So, verse 15, we read, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden, or Gan Eden, to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. So, God creates the man, and then God gives him uh, the commands about his home and uh, how he is to take care of it. So then thereafter, uh, God causes a deep sleep to fall upon him and in uh, verse 21. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs. The Hebrew does not read ribs, that God took one of his ribs. Uh, the Hebrew uh, gives us the understanding that God uh, took a tissue sample and from, uh, from the man, from his side, a tissue sample. 
and close up the place with flesh. And notice this is a first recorded instance of um, a person being asleep during surgery. And uh, God does it. So, and then we we, we read that, uh, then the Lord God made the woman from the rib or from the tissue sample he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Now, uh, the Hebrew reads, the, the term that's used here for uh, made the woman is the yashar uh, in Hebrew, yashar, and it means built. The, so God made the man from the dust of the ground uh, in Genesis 2.7 and in Genesis <clears throat> 22, God built the woman from the tissue sample from the man. Then God performs the first wedding. And the reason why the first wedding ceremony, the reason why I'm going to this is because there's a very important uh, verse uh, at the end of Genesis 2 that we must understand. Uh, God, uh, so God performs the first wedding between uh, the man and his wife. And so uh, we read in verse 44, for this reason, uh, the man, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become uh, ahad, one flesh, one, uh, which means a compound unity, a compound unity. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Now, this word naked <clears throat> uh, is very important for what happens in Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more crafty uh, than any other than any uh, of the animals the Lord God had made. Now, take a look at that word crafty, and there, uh, and then and look at the in Genesis two twenty five. Look at the word shame, and there is a connection uh, between the word shame and. The words shame and crafty in Genesis 3.1. There's a connection. And uh, so Genesis 3.1 in Hebrew doesn't read the serpent. It, it, it reads the, the nakash or the shining one. I want it to be understood that the enemy doesn't come in a, to us in a manner that's horrifying or frightening, the enemy comes as the deceitful serpent or the roaring lion. He will come as a deceitful serpent or the roaring lion. Here in Genesis 3, he comes as the the, the deceitful uh, serpent. He comes as the Nakash, the shining one. And then he mercilessly interrogate, uh, uh, performs a soft interrogation on the woman. This is merciless. And yet she does not perceive it as such. And he interrogates her. And then he gets her to uh, cooperate in her own self-destruction. This is, this is a ruthless interrogation. Please understand that. It is ruthless. It is cunning, deceitful, so that uh, 
this individual does not know, once again, that she is contributing to her own undoing. The reason why the Word of God tells us to guard our hearts is because of what will come in life and what can come into our lives in a manner that gets us to cooperate with our own undoing. She begins a conversation with the Nakash. And now notice that in the Hebrew has the idea that the Nakash had carefully observed this home. He had carefully observed this home. And so the woman is led into questioning the integrity of God and her attempt to reply and correct the serpent or the serpent's implication has had a deadly effect on her. She added to and subtracted from God's original words. And so he uses this against her. Now notice the word Nakash in Genesis uh, 31, uh, the word serpent is not in the original text. It is the Nakash. It means, uh, the name means to observe attentively. And it also means brass or brazen. And then it also means serpent. And so we have the presence of the diabolic in the garden of the light. The presence of the diabolic in the garden of the light. Beloved, let me read you something also from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, 23. This is what God's word uh, says to, to us as believing ones. Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. That is, literally, watch over. And so we have the word uh, shamar, which is used in Genesis 2. Shamar is a word in the imperative, so it means to guard or to keep watch over one's heart. Uh, The Hebrew I have the word diligence, uh, mishmar means to place in confi- means a place of confinement or prison. You have to be, one has to be very careful about one's heart. Now, notice what the Bible states: for from it flows the issues of the, of life. Carefully guard your heart, beloved. It is imperative. And God tells us so. And notice how the the enemy subtly moved in uh, after, after the the Nakash carefully observed um, this home, this first home in Genesis three, and how he moved in on it, and the destruction he created. God's word has what we need in order to protect our hearts. 
Paul writes in Ephesians 6, please read it. If you get a chance, please read Ephesians chapter 6. Paul talks about the armor of God. And Paul talks about, as part of the armor, the helmet of salvation so that we may what? That so that our heads or our thought life may be protected from the fiery missiles of the evil one. So this is, this is very serious. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul states uh, that the woman was thoroughly deceived. Deception is a principal weapon of the enemy. Deception means to lead astray or to lead away uh, from uh, the path of righteousness or God's path. We say that... uh, we talk about the bullseye or the missing of the mark uh, um, with regard to uh, God's plan and how Paul writes, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In the Greek, it means to miss the mark, the bullseye, the target of God's righteousness. We, beloved, are in Romans 8. Paul states we're we are super conquerors through him that loved us. We are super conquerors through life. Don't let the enemy turn your spiritual life into something that is haggard or raggedy. Don't let the enemy beat you down. You must understand the necessity of studying the word of God and putting on the armor of God so that you can complete the will of God for your life. If you follow God, if you live in the manner in which he wants you to, God will provide what you need to have a successful spiritual life. God will give you what is demanded in your particular environment. Please read these passages, beloved, and study them carefully. Good afternoon. Well, good morning. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.